His Divine Grace, Shilesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Shila Prabhupada Ki, Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Paridajikacharya Shota Shota Shishimad, His Divine Grace, Shila Bhakti Sadanta Sarasati Go Swami Maharaj, Shila Prabhupada Ki, Anantakoti Vaishnavindaki, Namachar Shila Haridas Thakur Ki, Iskan Fanachar Shila Prabhupada Ki, Bibiti Fanachar Shila Prabhupada Ki, Prem Sekoho Shikrishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirveta Gadhar Sisari Gauru Bhakta Vindaki, Shishi Radha Krishna Gopinath Shamakun Radhakun Giri Govardhan Ki, Vrindhavandam Ki, Maturdam Ki, Jagannath Puridam Ki, Navadip Dham Ki, Ganga Maya Ki, Yamuna Maya Ki, Tose Devi Ki, Bhakti Devi Ki, Sankirtan Yagya Ki, Brihat Madanga Transdabukshan Ki, Hainam Sankirtan Ki, Samaveda Bhakta Binda Ki, Gaura Premanandi. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glories to Shishi, Guru, and Garanga. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Janityananda. Jaya Jaya Shri Shaitanya Janityananda. Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vinda Jaya 
जय द्वेत चंज जय घोर भक्त विंदा जय जय शिशेतन्या जय नित्यानंदा जय जय शिशेतन्या जय नित्यानंदा जय द्वेत चंज जय घोर भक्त विंदा जय द्वेत चंज जय गौर भक्त वृंदा सो वी कंटिन्यूइंग आवर रीडिंग ऑफ द श्री चैतन्य चरितमृतम माध्य लीला चैप्टर 20 द लॉर्ड चैतन्य इंस्ट्रक्ट्स सनातन गोस्वामी बिगिनिंग विद टेक्स्ट 255 क्रिय शक्ति प्रदान संकर्षण भारराम प्रका प्रकृति Lord Sankarshan is Lord Balaram being the predominator of the creative energy. He creates both the material and the spiritual world. Ahankarera adishtata Krishna ichai Goloka Vaikuntara Shri Jeshit Shakti Dwarai That original Sankarshan, Lord Balaram, is the cause of both the material and spiritual creation. He is the predominant deity of egotism, and by the will of Krishna and the power of the spiritual energy, he creates the spiritual world, which consists of the planet Goloka Vrindavan and the Vaikuntha planets. Yajapishishanitya chitshakti vilas tatapi Sankarshan ichai thahar prakash. Although there is no question of creation as far as the spiritual world is concerned the spiritual world is nonetheless manifested by the supreme will of sankarshan the spiritual world is the abode of the pastimes of the eternal spiritual energy sahastra parn patram kamalam golukyam mahatpadam tatkarnikaram taddhama Goloka, the supreme abode and planet, appears like a lotus flower that has a thousand petals. Sahastrapatram. A whorl of that lotus is the abode of the supreme Lord Krishna. This lotus-shaped supreme abode is created by the will of Ananta. Purport. This verse is quoted from the. Brahma Samhita. Maya Dwaraje Shinuktenu Brahmender Gan Jad Rupa Prakriti Nahe Brahmanandakaran. By the agency of the material energy, this same Lord Sankarshan creates all the universes. The dull material energy, known in the modern languages as nature, is not the cause. of the material universe jadahaite shishtinahe ishvara shakti vine tahate sankarshana kare shakti radhane without the supreme personality of godhead's energy dull matter cannot create the cosmic manifestation its power does not arise from material energy itself but is endowed by sankarshan 
ईश्वर शक्ति सृष्टि करे प्रकृति लौह ये न अग्नि शक्ति पायदह शक्ति Dull matter alone cannot create anything. The material energy produces a creation, the creation by the power of the supreme personality of Godhead. Iron itself has no power to burn, but when iron is placed in fire, it is empowered to burn. Well, just one point here, like uh, this is refuting the idea that material manifestation, the material universe comes by its own, uh, you know, just by some big explosion, big bang. Like if you wanted to remodel your house, you could off, you could hire the big bang company. They just put some dynamite and it's just going to blow it up and it's going to come out to be more beautiful and sophisticated and organized just by the process of explosion. Um if you take a, a, a very the most simple organism, a simple single cell organism, you put him in a nice little vial, give him the proper environment to survive, and then you take a needle. You don't have to do this, and you kill the organism. You preserve that environment, and you give it to some. Uh, world famous scientists and say we'll give you um, millions and millions billions of dollars create life we'll even give you you know uh, recycled ingredients right here this vial you don't even have to use just some dead chemicals you can use something that was previously alive create life and nobody can do anything with that so this is the uh illusory existence that we believe that things can happen without the power of the supreme personality of godhead just like if you have a dead body no one can if they say the 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 life is just a material manifestation then bring the dead body back to life there are many wealthy famous people in the past they had offered their doctors uh millions of dollars just give me a few more days a few more days and he said doctor said not possible nothing you can offer can change you cannot buy the, those those minutes back those hours or days back you, you can't we can't do anything about that even we had uh persons like uh Walt Disney and others who have put their body in cryogenic freezers hoping that in the future someone can bring them back to life so they're uh you know freezing somewhere and some of some of them they put themselves in cryogenic freezers and they paid millions of dollars to uh, upkeep those freezers and then there was some kind of earthquake some kind of power shortage and they all <laughs> became thawed out <laughs> the bodies you know of course it's not they're not there So the power does not arise from material energy, but is endowed by sankarshan. So what we are often presented in science is more of a science fiction. There is different uh, levels of authority that one can find in different studies of any particular subject. One of them is called. Um, 
There's a Sanskrit term that's it, I get mixed up with it. Let me see. It's abductive. Ablative is Sanskrit. Abductive is really there's abductive reasoning. So abductive reasoning is different from the inductive and deductive. So, for example, um, what are some of the elements you would say is in a scientific experiment? Hypothesis? What else? Assumptions? What else? Experiment? So what are, about the experiment itself, what are some of the features that would be there in an experiment? Control group? Um, would you want to do it once? A repeatability? Not something that just happens once, you want to be able to... Re- so control group, repeatability, these are some of the things that you will find in um, inductive inductive reasoning. But uh, abductive is something that there is no control group. There's no repeatability. For example, if you do some kind of physics experiment and, and every time you do it is the same and then you have a control group or some kind of experiment with chemical reactions, you have a control group and then you have, you, you do it, you know, a hundred times and you see, okay, it always produces this result. But abductive means there is no control group. And there's no repeatability. What is an example of abductive? The creation of the universe. So abductive reasoning means you take a tiny piece of information and you blow it up into huge extrapolations of of something. And then later on there is a little tiny, uh, another tiny piece of information and the whole theory is thrown out to something else. So it's like a, a murder mystery. Actually, even uh, we say that um, the, the police and FBI have trouble solving a 10-year-old murder mystery. But what happened, you know, five billion years ago? We'll tell you exactly. You know, we have perfect information. On that. So murder mystery, maybe there was, there was some, there was, you know, like you, they have these murder mystery books, and so the they say it, it couldn't have been the butler; he was ninety years old. But it couldn't have been the child. Who was it? And they said, and they say, but it had to be the butler then. It couldn't have been the child. But then later on, a new information comes out that there was a secret door, and, and it blows the whole theory out of the water. So abductive is like that, meaning that we there's very, very little information of what happened five billion years ago. But with a little tiny information, we make huge assumptions. And that those assumptions are presented with the same kind of uh, faith and um, uh, it's kind of a aggressive... Uh, statements like this is the truth, this is fact, this is exactly what... The same kind of authority as the experiments that are done with with control and with uh, 
with repeatability. So you see the difference? They don't all carry the same kind of authority. Even, even when you're speaking outside of the realm of spirituality, those different types of studies don't all carry the same kind of authority. But when we see one, we apply the same faith to the other. Actually, that is the method of, in the Vedas, that's the method of how, how we're supposed to progress from karmakanda to jnanakanda to the uh, worship of the Lord. That the one who follows karmakanda, and he, follow, he, produces, he practices some ritual, as Krishna says, Trividyamam soma paputa papa, yagyas pakatam papaya, te te punyama shadra sharenda lokan, ashnanti divyan divideva bogan. That a person may follow the Trividya, the, the, the path of the three Vedas, which are prescribing all kinds of fruitive materialistic things. And when they receive a result from it, then they don't get, just get the result, they get faith in the source of the information. For example, say somebody from Kenmore, say it's Kenmore uh, Microwave, say some representative comes to your little village, and he says, hey, we get some power to this thing? Press 100200 and start, and the food comes out hot. So not only you get the hot food, but you have faith now in Kenmore. The next item he presents, you more readily accept it. So first, the karmakandi has faith when he when he sees that. Oh, okay, you do this yagya, indra yagya, then the rain comes. Then his then his faith encourages him to by hearing more from that authority, from the shastra, from the brahmanas, from the sages. He decides forget getting rain from indra. Let me become indra. So his goal becomes a little higher. And, a, and with that comes a knowledge of the difference between the self and the body. Because the only way the person can become Indra is if he is not this body. So there's some jnana, there's some spiritual knowledge that is coming. And then just by the practice of karma kanda, where one be, uh, uh, and then going to karma yoga, where you become detached from the results, also spiritual awareness starts to come. To the point where the person hearing from the sastra, from the sadhus, from the brahmanas, he realized, wait a minute, Indra has so many problems. Just read the Bhagavatam, how many problems does he run into? So the person, he comes to the stat platform of no longer karmakanda, but jnanakanda. I don't want material things, I want some type of spiritual situation. A freedom from the material distress, some uh, spiritual status. I want to attain moksha. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to uh, nirvana. So you find this in all different religions. A person may come with some type of particular materialistic motive, and there is some prosperity gospel that is given. You'll do this and you'll get all these nice things. God will line your pockets. You put a quarter in and watch how much money is going to come out of the bottom. You know? A lot of people, they put in the hundi, they put some quarter in, hoping that thousands of quarters will pour out the bottom. And if, if it's not this hundi, then they go find some other hundi. It doesn't matter who is on the altar. It just 
It's good luck. So you find in all different religions, karma kanda. Then person becomes wise, jnana kanda. I don't want this material world, I want salvation. And the highest is bhakti. You don't want to get anything from Krishna, you want to give to Krishna, you want to serve Krishna. So just like, so that there's a, the parallel is there, is that the faith in, in the authority is, is, is received from receiving results. So we see, we receive in our life so many results from the scientific community. Therefore we falsely place our faith in things that don't have that same kind of authority, the ab, uh, ab, abductive reasoning of what happens Eight billion years ago in the universe, uh, they have very little clue of what happened. So, continue reading. Etaohi Vishwasya Bijamyoni Rama Mukunda Purusha Padanam Anviya Bhuteshu Vilakshanasya Gyanasya Chetasa Imaupurano. As Balaram and Krishna are the original, efficient, and material causes of the material world, so he is, Balaram is the materials, the energy, and the instigator as well. The efficient and material cause. They enter into the material elements and create the diversities by material energies. Thus they are the, the cause of all causes. This is a verse quoted from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Ten forty six thirty one. So Brahma is not an end, the creator of the universe. Brahma is the engineer. All the materials are given to him. Any any engineers here? So materials are given to him. It's like, for example, if you're as an engineer, you're not creating the 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 the, the substance that you're working with. Shishtihetu ye murti prapanchanavatare seshwaramurti avatare namadhare. The form of a lord that descends in the material world is called avatara or incarnation. Mayatita paravyoma sabara avashtan vishwayavatare dhare avatara nam. All the expansions of Lord Krishna are actually residents of the spiritual world. But when they descend in the tomb of the material world, they're called incarnations, avatars. Say Maya vit avalokite shi sankarshan purusha rupe avatirna hoila pratham. To glance over that material energy and empower her, the Lord Sankarshan first incarnates as Lord Mahavishnu. Jagre parusham rupam bhagavan mahad adhibihi sambhutam shodashakalam adoloka shrishtakaya. In the beginning of creation, the Lord expanded himself in the form of the purusha incarnations, accompanied by all, in, all the ingredients of material creation. He first created the 16 principal energies suitable for creation. This is for the purpose of manifesting the material universes. Purport. This is a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 131 for explanation referred to Adi Lila, chapter 5, verse 84. Adyovatara purusha parasya kala sambhava 
Mahavishnu is the first incarnation of the Supreme Lord. He is the master of eternal time, space, cause and effect, the minds, the mind, elements, material ego, the modes of nature, the senses, the universal form of the Lord, Garbhadakshai Vishnu, and the sum total of all living beings, both moving and non-moving. It's a quotation from Srimad Bhagavatam 2642 for explanation, see Adi Lila 583. Se Purusha Virajate Karan Sayan the original personality of Godhead named Sankashan first lies down in the river of Viraja, which serves as a border between the material and spiritual world. As Karana Dishai Vishnu, he is the original cause of material creation. Karana the Viraja, or causal ocean, is the border between the spiritual and material world. From what I've heard, that is the aspired uh, destination of the Buddhist. To not enter into the spiritual and to get out of the material, to become shunya, become zero, become nothing. Because Shankarsharya, he taught the next level, what is beyond matter, is the paranirvana, beyond the uh, the absence of the savana so is forest, but in the context of in Buddhism, vana means the the uh, variegatedness of material reality. And so the first noble truth is that material world is full of suffering. And suffering is caused by desire. Number two, to stop desire is to stop suffering. And number uh, that's number three. And number four, this is done by the eightfold path of Buddhism. These are the four noble truths of Buddhism. Number three is where we disagree, that we don't stop desire. Prabhu, can you remind me your name? Sean. Sean. So Sean, don't think of a lemon cut in half with a nice water drips on the side and the crispy citrus smell. Don't think of it. So you see why we, we don't believe in this stopping desire. Now think of offering that lemon to Krishna. Then it's like, Make some nice lemonade for Krishna. Then it's easy. Then it's then it becomes spiritualized automatically. But to stop thinking of it, that is practically as Arjuna says, is like trying to control the wind. That is practically impossible. To stop the fluctuations of the mind. Yoga Shitti Nirodaha. The Yoga Sutra, the first verse, is describing the goal of the Ashtanga Yoga. To stop the fluctuations of the mind. Stop thinking. Stop it. 
impossible, practically. So instead of stopping, we dovetail, direct it towards the Supreme. The mind has its um, its, uh, its kama, uh, uh, is raga and dvesha, things that it's attached to and things that it hates or is detached to. So that mind, because it's chasing after matter, it's thinking of all the things that it's attached to and all the things it's detached from. It's very detached from the idea of being a servant of God. It hates that idea and it's attached to trying to enjoy this world. But when we become attracted to Krishna, that same mind can elevate us because it will be attached to Krishna and all the things that help us get it close, help us get closer to Krishna and detached and hateful of all those things that take us away from Krishna. As Yamunacharya says, whenever uh, a remnant, a thought of sex life comes into his head, he spits at the thought. He's not, he's like, I don't want to be pulled away from that which is really dear to me. So the mind is like a steering wheel. If it is under your control, it is your friend. You say, oh, steering wheel, you're, so my, you're my friend. You, you, you do the driving. Then it's your enemy. Then you're going to end up in a ditch. So where are we? Parvartaya yatra yurajasthamasthayo satvam cha mishram cha nacha kala vikramaha nayatra mayakim utapare harer anurata yatra sura surachitaha. In the spiritual world, there is neither the mode of passion, the mode of ignorance, nor a mixture of both, nor is there there is adulterated goodness, the influence of time or Maya herself. Only the pure devotees of the Lord who are worshipped by both the demigods and the demons reside in the spiritual world as the Lord's associates. Purport, this is a Verse from the Srimad Bhagavatam 9.2.9.10, spoken by Srila Shukadev Goswami. He was answering the question of Aprikshit Maharaj, who asked how the living entity falls in the material world. Shukadev Goswami explained the cream of the Srimad Bhagavatam in four verses, which had been explained by Lord Brahma at the end of the severe austerities he performed for 1,000 celestial years. At the time, Brahma was shown the spiritual world and its transcendental nature. And the answer was given is, Swapna Drashtu Evanjasha. He actually hasn't fallen. He is simply dreaming. There's no question of fall. If you're actually, you know, you're scared of a tiger in a dream, there's no question of actually being there with a tiger. It is simply a dream. Maya ye duivruti, Maya arar pradhan, Maya nimitta hetu vishvera upadan pradhan. Maya has two functions. One is called Maya and the other is called pradhana. Maya refers to the efficient cause and pradhana refers to the ingredients that create this cosmic manifestation. For further explanation, see Adi Lila chapter uh, 5, 
58. Se purushamaya pane kare avadhana prakatik shoba kare kare virera adhana When the Supreme Personality of God glances over material energy, she becomes agitated. At that time, the Lord injects the original semen of living entities. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.10, Krishna says, Bijamam sarva bhutanam. I am the original seed of all existences. This is con- confirmed in another verse in the Bhagavad Gita 14.4. Sarva yone shikunteya murtaya sambhavanti yaha tas sambhrama mahadhyonir aham bija it should be understood that all species of life, O son of Kunti, are made possible by birth in this material nature, and I am their seed-giving father. For further explanation, one may refer to Brahma Samhita, uh, 550, uh, verses 10 to 13, and also Brahma uh, verses 51 states, uh, <clears throat> Agnir Mahi Goganga Ambu Maradishashacha Kalas Tatma Manasiti Jagatchayani Yasmad Bhavanti Vivavanti Vishanti Yamcha Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bajami All material elements as well as the spiritual sparks, the individual souls, are emanating from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is confirmed in the Vedanta Sutra. What, what verse is that in Vedanta Sutra that is confirmed that everything is coming from the Supreme? First verse? Not, uh, Vedanta. Vedanta. Janmad Asyayataha. Which is Bhagavatam is an expansion of that. The absolute truth is He from whom everything emanates. So if you find uh, yourself having a body, a form, uh, you have personality, then Krishna, that the source is whom? Krishna. Brahman. So Brahman must be Bhagavan. Bhagavan means has form, has personality. The perfection of all those things are found in Krishna. The avyakta, the impersonal, the vyakta, the, that with, that possesses form, everything comes from the divine. So if form is not found in the divine, then this statement, janman asayataha, does not make sense. Everything comes from the divine. He is the supreme truth. Satyam paramam dhimahi. Bhagavatam 111. The absolute truth is Krishna. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. So this is, the absolute truth is the person who is directly and indirectly cognizant of the entire cosmic manifestation. So you see the first verse of the Bhagavatam is expanding on the Vedanta. So Vedanta is written by whom? 
Who is the author of Vedanta? Vyasadeva. And who is the best person to explain their book? If Vyasadeva wrote Vedanta Sutra, who would be the best person to expound on the Vedanta Sutra? Vyasadeva, yes, the author. He's the best one to explain his own book. So sutra is a particular genre of literature that is it is like the zip file. Compacting so much information. And it's not meant to be understood on its own. It's meant to be understood through bhashya, through commentary. It's not that you simply read the sutras and you will understand anything. It is kind of like having an index card or looking at the index of a book that you see, if you've read the book, then you see the index that helps you remember the particular organization and the particular topics. But it's, you know, those other things have to be understood already for, for the index to really be, you know. If you read an index of a book that you haven't read, you won't understand the topics. You will have, you will not have complete knowledge. But if you have read the book and understood it, and then look at the index, then that will be very helpful meditation for you. So the sutra, Vedanta sutra is like that, is the anta, the conclusion of all the Vedas. But it's understood through Bhashya. So there is a famous Bhashya of the Vedanta Sutra, which is very popular, which um, excludes the majority of the Vedanta Sutra. It excludes the actual message, and that is the Sarirak Bhashya, the commentary by Sripad Sankacharya, because it is impersonal. All the points that point to personality are. One is directed to not to recognize the Supreme Personality. Like uh, Madhivacharya, he wrote a book called the uh, the Mayavada Satadushani, which is oh, a, 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 a Satadushani thousand, or is, what is hundred? Hundred is what? Shata? No. Yeah, so hundred, hundred ref, refutations of the Mayavada fallacy. So Shankaracharya he was deputed by the Lord to bring the consciousness to the next level out of the shunya to the advaita. But to do this he was presenting the philosophy of Vedas to a Buddhist philosophy, Buddhist audience, because Buddha had appeared and it had won the intellectual hearts of society. Then Shankaracharya came and refuted the philosophy of Buddhism, but he presented not pure Vedic philosophy, it was Buddhist Vedic philosophy. Whenever there was a concept of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he would direct people away from understanding that, because that was... The, their next successive state, uh, step of understanding. So, uh, in the Mayavada Satadushani Mayavacharya points out that, uh, this was done through the improper use of, uh, Sanskrit grammatical tricks. For example, in grammar, if you have a statement that is very, uh, in Sanskrit grammar, if you have a statement that is 
100% clear, very clear, then it is considered you should use the, that, that statement as it is. You know, the man was walking down the street, the statement is 100% clear. But if it says the weapons were walking down the street, it is unclear. Therefore, there is uh, secondary uses of Sanskrit, secondary meanings of the words that can be looked at to see how can you make that sentence clear. The primary, if the, the sentence is clear, primary, if the words, the man was walking down the street, is. You don't need to use the secondary uses of, uh, of grammatical rules to bring out new information out of that sentence. But if the, the sentence as it is, is unclear, the weapons were walking down the street, then by the use of Sanskrit rules, you can see how can this sentence be made clear. So the use of secondary rules, when you have this sentence, uh, weapons were walking down the street, becomes soldiers with weapons were walking down the street. Now if you have the sentence that is clear, and you use the grammatical rules of the secondary, secondary meanings to ignore the primary meaning and twist out a new secondary meaning, that is an improper use of grammar. So in the, in the Gita, there's so many statements that point that there is a supreme personality of Godhead. In chapter 15, verse 16 and 17, look at this. Krishna says there are two types of soul persons in existence. There is the uh, conditioned soul and the liberated soul. And the conditioned soul lives in the material world. The liberated soul lives in the spiritual world. So one may say, oh yeah, now the, the liberated soul, that is, he is God. So, next verse, Krishna says, but besides these two, there is another. Uttama, and he is, the, he is the supreme person. And he is known as Paramatma. Uttama Purushashtanya. Paramatma Udahrita. And he lo- enters all planets. Yolokachayama Vishya. And he is that controller that maintains all beings. So he gives a distinction. There is condition, liberated, and then there is God. Now, Mayavadis will say that yes, yes, Krishna, Vishnu, he is God. That is true. He is God. How many of you have seen that movie, Matrix? Anybody seen that movie? So they say, yes, yes, Vishnu is, he is God in the matrix. He is God in the illusion, but when you come to the highest, it's just all one. He's just an important figure in the illusion. That is the conclusion that is given there. So to refute this, Krishna says, so he says, Uttama Purushashtanya Paramatnidharita Yolokachayama Vishabhivata Yasmacharamati Toham. So he, first he says, I'm beyond both the liberated and the condition. Therefore I'm celebrated in the world. Lokeveda Chaprahita Purushotama. I'm celebrated in the Vedas and in the world as that supreme person. And Yoma Meva Samudo Janati. One who Janati, who knows, a Samudo without doubt. 
Sasarva Vit. He knows everything. Not that you come to the highest understanding and it's all one. He's saying, no, this is the highest understanding. Sasarva Vit. He has all the wits. And he, Sarva Bhavena Bharata, he fully engages in my service. And therefore he concludes by saying it's actually the great secret. It's not easily understood. Itiguyatamam. It is guyatamam. Great secret. Most secret. Sastram. Idamukpamayanaka. But my dear Arjuna, you are anaka. You are without sin. Therefore you can understand. And understanding this, itat bhutpa bhudiman shakrita kitashabharata. Understanding this, you become wise and all your endeavors will lead to perfection. The last verse. If you be, uh, understand Krishna and his position, Ittiguyatamam sashtram idam mukpa mayanaga etat bhutva bhudimanshat. So you become wise. This is chapter 15, text 20. Krita kritashtabharata and all your endeavors will lead to perfection. So the first, whoever knows this, knows me as the Supreme Personality of God, and without doubting is a knower of everything, and therefore he therefore engages himself in full devotional service unto me, O son of Bharat. And this is the most confidential part of the Vedas, O sinless one. And it's disclosed by Jnana Yoga, you have to have some Jnana. You have to have that Adhikar. You have to graduate high school. There's some uh, expectation there. You cannot come to that level without, you cannot take to that spiritual practice without some Jnana, some knowledge, spiritual awareness. Uh, that is produced through the practice of karma kanda. But bhakti, although it is college level, it's above high school, no qualification needed. That jnana is not needed. Because Krishna in the, in the, Bhag- in the Bhagavatam it is stated that, uh, that jnana and vairagya come as a byproduct of bhakti. It comes automatically. So we just finish this last verse, last purport. Right here. The absolute truth, Supreme Personality of God had educated Lord Brahma from the heart. Tene Brahma, Hidaya Adhikavaye, from the heart, Hida. Therefore, the absolute truth cannot be dull matter. The absolute truth must be the Supreme Person Himself. Say Purusha, Maya, Pane, Kare Avadhana. Simply by His glance, Material nature is impregnated with all living entities. According to their karma and fruit of activities, they emerge in different bodies. That is the explanation given in the Bhagavad Gita. Dehino spinyata dehi kumaram yovanam jara tata dehantara prapti dira satanuyati. As the embodied soul continuously passes in this body from boyhood to youth to old age, the soul similarly passes to another body at death. A self-reported person is not bewildered by such a change. So Krishna is the original paradigmatic entity. 
Means he is the perfect prototype of personhood. One may conclude, like for example, if we see light here, you go outside today, and uh, if you stand in the light, what else do you? What what thing will come when you stand in the light? Shadow. So you say, look at this negative quality. How can the source have negative qualities? Now, what is the source of that shadow? The sun, the light. Now, if you go to the sun, you go. You you are to enter the sun. Any shadows there? No shadow is there. It is only when it's infinitesimal, only when it is distanced and insignificant in comparison to the source that those qualities manifest. So people assume that personality means frailties. No, if you go, you follow that light all the way back, there is no shadow. So you go back to the original person, there is no frailties, there is no imperfection in character and form and personality. So form and personality does not limit the Supreme Being. Actually, if the Supreme was lacking those things, then it would be a limitation. For example, if someone, um, like we had one gentleman, he comes to the restaurant, and he had to have his foot removed because of diabetes. And you feel compassion. Or your friend has lost his foot. Now, if someone has lost their foot, lost their hand, lost their ears, lost their eyes, wouldn't you feel some uh, empathy towards that person? Now, one will say, oh, Krishna, God, you know, they'll say, he has no eyes, no ears, nothing. Then you feel, well, what kind of person is this? No, he is not a handicapped. He is the perfect... He has the, the perfection of eyes, lotus eyes, perfection of nose, not missing these things. He is nirguna, means he has no material qualities, not that he has no qualities. Therefore, the Upanishads speak in this way. He has, he, uh, he runs, he goes everywhere, but he has no material legs. So it's not that he is without actual form. That is a misconception. So I stop here. Ask if there are any reflections or comments or questions. And then... Yes, sir. The last part we just discussed, were you mentioning about the formless nature of Vishnu? So are you saying there is a formless manifestation and a form manifestation, both? Just like the sunlight and the sun itself. When you say that you see the sunshine, you don't say it's shine. You recognize that there is a shaktiman. There's an energetic and then there's the energy. Energy is formless and the energetic is form. So is the... Uh, he is this. He, is, he says in Gita, Brahmano pratishtaham. Brahman, the energy, the spirit, is pratishtaham. It is resting on me. I am its source. So they are both advaita dvaita. They're one and different at the same time. So the energy, the sunlight. You could go out and say, "There's the sun." The sun's on the grass. And you can say, wait, no, that's not the sun. The sun is, you know, 
millions of miles away. It is not on the grass. Both are true. Where do you, know, where do you say the sun ends? Yeah, I was just wondering which one of these two is more subtle. So is the form more subtle or is the energy manifestation more subtle? Well, here Krishna says it's guyatamam. So guyatamam means most subtle, most difficult to comprehend is the form. As in Ishopanishad, it is stated, I think it is verse number 16, maybe. The, the, ver, the prayer that is, please dim, you know, it's so bright, dim your effulgence down so I can see your face clearly. So the first understanding will be Brahman, this energy. Like uh, the example that we've given before is that the villagers who've never seen a train before, one villager, villager two, villager three, as soon as villager one sees the train, he runs home and tells his friends and family what a train is. So what does he say? He said, I saw a train. What is a train like? He said, it's a big bright light that rumbles. That's a train, yes. It's a very big, bright light. I saw it, there was a long line, and at the end of the line there was this big, bright light. And it was shaking the earth. Villager 2 stayed longer. They saw the whole train come up. They said, what is a train? He ran home. He said, a train, it, it, it has a light in the front. And then there's different cars, and there's people on the train, they're coming off the train with their luggage. There was a smoke coming out in the front. All these circles on the side. And the last person he gets on the train, he meets the train conductor. Just like you have the sunlight, the sun globe, and the sun god. Three levels of understanding the same thing. But to the initial understanding is sunlight. Before you understand the sun god, you're going to understand the sunlight. So most subtle would be the supreme person, Guyatamam. Most subtle, most secret. Any? Yeah, I was just trying to understand in Dvaita if Parabrahman is referred more as form or as formless. That is the reason I asked that question. So he has Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. As in Bhagavatam it is said that, uh, that the transcendentalists, they understand this one thing is known in three different features. Brahman, Paramatma, Bhagavan. So Brahman is, Brahman means no form, no intelligence, sama, equal, impartial. And then there is Bhagavan, form, and all of those things are part of him, but he may appear in one specific place. So everything is made out of the same thing, but it is not all the same thing. 
For example, we may dance on the marble floor of the temple, but we will not dance on the marble deity of Krishna because he is there in a different way. That is his personal form. Or the the marble in the temple, it is his energy. Thanks for explaining that so well. Thank you, thank you. I was just listening to a class uh, from uh, Radhikarman Prabhu, and he, he was talking about the, how they had uh, this one uh, Mayavadi Sanyasi who, who was visiting their, their Boise, Idaho. And he came to the temple. The previous day he was just saying, God is everywhere, God is everywhere. But he came to the temple, he said, his disciples, when they saw Krishna, they they bowed down. He said, this sannyasi could not even bend his neck one little bit. He, he, he said, God is everywhere, but he could not see God in the deity. <laughs> so that is his you know, misfortune. I should say God is everywhere, but there's not, they're not, when they speak about God, they just mean the energy is everywhere. There's no person, according to the, uh, it is like, um, even if a person is, sometimes you even have temples, Vaishnav lineages that have become impersonalists. They've been corrupted by the impersonal philosophy. And so, for their religious practice, they may worship the deity of Krishna. But their objective is to get rid of Krishna and become Krishna. Their objective is to become God at the end. Now, who wanted to kill Krishna as a child? Putana. She first dressed herself as a servant of Krishna. Just like the person is worshipping the deity of Krishna. But her objective was not to serve Krishna, but to get rid of Krishna. So sometimes you even have this, even Vaishnava lineages that are corrupted with impersonalism. And the goal is not to become an eternal servant of Krishna, but to get rid of him and take his place. So that is called Putana Bhakti. So there is no love in uh, merging, becoming, getting rid of personality, spiritual suicide. There's love in relationship. So, Hari Om Tat Sat. Thanks a lot. Hare Krishna.